You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Bruns, Brian Christofferson. Gentlemen, we had a busy Monday. We got an opportunity to talk with all of the assistant coaches, several players, and Scott Frost. Spring football is back, and we won't waste any time on hammock banter today. We will just immediately jump right in. Uh, what was what was your takeaway? Give me, give me a takeaway you had, Michael Bruns, from yesterday's uh, conversations, if you will. Yeah, it's uh, it's the best day, the the most positive day of the year, right? It's it's pitchers and catchers reporting. It's everybody looking great coming out of winter conditioning. Everybody's moving around well and not in pads. And I think a big takeaway for me, um, I was with both coordinators for most of the sessions. Um, you know, I think I think Mark Whipple has a good approach to how he's going to install this offense. And, you know, the I guess the newsy piece, Casey Thompson took the first snap um, yesterday. Mark Whipple quickly said that um, that could change. But I, I think that they're just kind of going through and building reps. I think the spring for that group is really all about development and him trying to figure out what the heck they have. Um, to, to see if they can be successful there. So, you know, first day, he said they have enough to be very competitive in the Big Ten. And I don't know, anytime you get, I feel like you get more than about five minutes with Mark Whipple, you just kind of, you just kind of grab on and go for the ride. Like that's, uh, he's going to cover a lot of ground and he covered a lot of ground. I, I think that he really likes the talent that they have on offense beyond just the quarterback spot too. Um, he didn't get into the offensive line much. I think that was maybe by design, but I think at the skill positions, running backs, wide receivers, they really like their group. Very nice. BC, your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, connected to that, I would say that Whipple, Mickey Joseph, and Bill Bush all can carry, uh, carry a room. Like they all have that sort of ability to – like you start nodding your head about five minutes into it. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, this might work. You know, they, they have that sort of gift of, of talking about uh, the process of, of building a football team. I guess I would go to Bill Bush, who I hung around by. And the thing I would say without, I think, overhyping it that's encouraging about Bill Bush is when you listen to him talk, you, you believe he's a guy who is uh, just a complete nerd about special teams and i mean that with as a full compliment like a guy who thinks about like every scenario that could pop up possibly i've always felt like when the the last several years with nebraska football special teams um they didn't know some of the some of the detail stuff was just missing not i mean just even like simplistic stuff about when to let a ball go into the end zone when to fair catch take it on the 25 stuff where you you're just like, where, what, what, why is this not computing here when you're seeing it from other teams? 
And I'll use a one quick example. Remember that game um, a few years back where an opposing player put two feet out of bounds and he, and he got the ball? Yeah. And it was one of those plays when it first happened, if you hadn't seen a while, you're like, what's he doing? And then you realize he's the smartest guy in the stadium, you know, and he's getting the ball out on the 25 or even the 35. And uh, I was thinking about Bill Bush as he was that play with Bill Bush talking the other day, that that's the type of thing that his guys are going to know, if you know what I mean. Like it's something that it may not come up, but they're going to have talked about it. And uh, that doesn't mean a guy's always going to execute it in the moment but I really do think he's going to search under every rock to try to like, this could happen. So you better know about it. Yeah. I uh, to just kind of complete early takeaways here. I feel like Nebraska is going to keep going back to St. Thomas more prep right now. I, I don't know. I mean, two of the, the names that came out of yesterday, guys that coaches seem to be excited about night sat with both of these coaches specifically. And so that's why it's top of mind to me, but Alante Brown and Marcus Buford. And I don't want to go too deep into it. We're going to be talking about some of the names that popped up yesterday from, from coaches and what they had to say, but both of those guys seem to be impressing early. Alante Brown, I think was mentioned from several different coaches. I believe Bill Bush talked about him as well as Mickey Joseph and Scott Frost. And so uh, they had the work ethic, the attitude, the off season stuff, um, if that carries over into the spring, Alante Brown could be kind of uh, positioned to be a, a little bit of a, a spring breakout guy. And of course, you always have to see if that moves over to the fall, but certainly sounds good um, for him early on. And, and those coaches uh, seeing a guy who, who really wants an opportunity and they hope can run with it. So we'll dive into to more of those names and we'll do that. We'll do that right now. So we'll just start with Alante Brown. Mickey Joseph. Well, there's a first guy he wanted to talk about. Um, I It, it might have even been sort of the lead question, but he really praised Elante Brown as someone who loves football. And what he means by that is is Elante Brown is, is a guy who just can't get enough, whether it's the film, whether it's the workouts, whether it's running routes on air with, with quarterbacks, whether it's just talking to people about football. The thing that Mickey Joseph feels is going to help Elante Brown more than anything else is just the fact that he loves the game. And and Mickey wants guys like that. I mean, he tries to, to push out the players that he thinks only likes football relative to those guys who really love it, who, uh, you know, breathe it. We've talked about this with the staff before. They seem to connect really well with those kinds of guys. It's always, you know, hit or miss when they're in high school, if that's what they're going to be in college. But he says Elante Brown is that kind of guy. And he gives an example, and I'm curious if Bill Bush has talked about this. He was talking about how Alante Brown is fired up to go be on the coverage team just because it's an opportunity for him to get on the field. And so this is, you know, he's not one of the biggest guys. He's a former high school quarterback. He's not learning to play wide receiver, but he views it as a big opportunity to go be on the kickoff coverage team because it gives him an opportunity to go make a play on the football field. And Mickey Joseph feels like that kind of attitude is going to carry him pretty far. So I'm curious. Alante Brown, how much did he come up for the other coaches? Brunts, did, did Mark Whipple mention him at all? And, and Brian, what did Bill Bush have to say about Alante Brown? Uh, he, he did not mention Alante Brown. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Way to go, Brunts. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Mark, uh, Bill Bush did. Uh, so I, I can take it from here, Brunts. Um, he said that, uh, yeah, he's one of his favorite guys on the team is what he said. 
and it goes to exactly what you were talking about, how he, he gets so busy on wanting to be great at special teams. And it's, it's stuck out to Bill Bush since since last year. So uh, I'm not shocked by that, honestly. If you remember, I think it was last spring, the first few practices, he sort of was on the radar and everybody was kind of buzzing about him. And then there was an injury. And that's just sometimes how it goes where a guy stops and starts. And if, if a person like him can have a full runway, we're out without a stop sign. Uh, who knows what may happen? I've also felt, and you guys have heard this from other recruits and players. He was one of those guys who, even though he wasn't playing a lot, it always seemed like he was really connected to the program. Like he would come up as like a guy who really cared about peer recruiting and stuff like that. And that always sticks out to me. Yeah, that sticks out to me as something that they're going to – that guy's engaged, and at some point it might happen for him. And Marquise Buford, very much the same way, I think. So I, I think they're sort of built the same way, and they both come from prep school, and may, you know, they have a little more maturity and have you know, taken a little bit of a winding road, and sometimes that adds a little something to a guy. Absolutely. Brunt, okay, so Mark Whipple didn't talk about Elante Brown. Uh, who's someone that he did discuss? <laughs> Who else yes. did he talk about? Uh, he was he was not as specific with players on that side of the ball, and I don't know if that was by design. I don't know if it's just like he's still kind of trying to figure out who's who. But I was he, he was kind of going through generally about how they are going to approach things and, and how many guys they need ready to go. And, you know, a lot of, we're going to, we're going to spend a lot of time this spring, I'm sure talking about the running back spot. And, you know, the, the, the Nebraska defensive players said that in the first day, it was a lot of downhill running that they were seeing from the offense. And Mark Whipple said, you know, they, they want to get three, maybe four, running backs ready to go to help them in the fall. And that's to help situationally. Like he said at Pitt, there was a freshman running back that they didn't want to put too much on his plate. So he became the third down running back. Um, you know, they want somebody that can kind of thump a little bit. And, you know, I, I think, I think Mark Whipple has been around the block enough that he understands that, especially at the running back spot, you're not going to, learn a ton about guys and until the pads are on. And he said as much, he said, you know, everybody looks, I, I think he was being asked specifically about jockey Ant, and he said, yeah, well, everybody looks great when there's no pads on. And I think they're really hammering home at the running back spot in particular, the idea of finishing of being more physical at, and, and I think that that's one spot that they know they need to kind of figure out the puzzle um, pretty quickly on, on what that's going to look like. So he talked about that. Um, you know, the, I, I think that he's more comfortable with marrying um, personnel and, and what he's going to call um, th than maybe what we've seen. I mean, he was talking about how at Pitt they didn't have, you know, as many offensive linemen as they needed. So they went to a lot of four wide receiver sets. They're going to go four wide receivers at Nebraska. They're going to bring in six offensive linemen. He said that there's going to be situations where um, they're going to bring in two and three tight ends. So I, I think it's going to look a little different as you would expect, but I think it's going to be fitting Nebraska's personnel and what they've got rather than this is what we're going to run. We have to run this. We have to, to jam guys into roles, uh, into what's been done previously. So I, I think that's 
where he's at. And, and the other thing too, he he talked a lot about how you know Nebraska's running two different team periods right now. Guys are getting tons of reps, um, and and he basically said that that's not something that he's ever had um, in a spring practice or really anywhere he's been. So that's really key, I think, for you know, an offense where you need to develop young guys and you need to bring guys along that can help you um, sooner than later. So that, that was one other thing that he had kind of commented on was he was he was basically spending all day watching film from practice because everybody was getting so many reps. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Were there any players that came out? in your conversations, just, just could be a guy that we've known about for a while. That's maybe that sounds like the staff's reinvigorated by could be someone entirely new, could be a newcomer. Was there, were there any new names or any comments on defensive players that caught you guys and caught your attention? Uh, We'll start with BC. Yeah. I mean, I think Chris Kalarovich, uh, it was pretty quick and kind of hidden within Scott Frost message yesterday, but he was talking about uh, well, Brunch, I think that we we lost BC there. Um, he looks frozen in time. We'll see if he's able to make it back and complete that thought. Hey, there he is. Lawrence. The, he, he's moving again a little bit. Sorry, he's moving. technical difficulties over here. Kalorovic. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. we got you. All right. Um, so the question was about uh, defensive guys. Yeah, you were talking about Chris Kolarovich, and then we lost you. Yeah, I think Chris. Um, you know, he's a versatile guy who he was a winner winner testing freak last year, and he has a he could be a JoJo type guy. I mean, he they could really move him around the second level, and so I I, I believe he was a name that popped up if you're paying attention to that part. Um, and I think Nash Hutmacher's name came up a lot as a guy who it's go time for him. He can lift a house and now it's, you know, can you be that sturdy sort of guy in the middle of this defense? And um, he really was trending up last year and he didn't have to play as much because of Damian Daniels, but that, that safety net is gone. And other uh, people joining on the interior is a big question, but there was some promising stuff said about Nash. All right. Well, Brunts, what about you? Who? Uh, right. I'll who hand it over to you guys. Yeah. Uh, so, we're we're going to have some technical snafus in this one. So I, I was with Eric Chenander, and, and kind of to BC's point, there was a lot of discussion about JoJo Doman, um, who's obviously not in Nebraska right now. And, you know, what I'm eager to see is – as Nebraska moves forward with this group of defenders, how much of the use of that position was about Jojo Doman and how much of it was, you know, within Nebraska's scheme. And, you know, we know the the players at that position. It's, you know, potentially Javin Wright, um, Isaac Gifford, Klarovic's there. There's there's four or five guys. One of the 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 older Bullock brother um, is playing there. So I think they're trying to figure that out and kind of how that works because JoJo is so unique in what he could do, and especially as a cover 
defender that I don't know that there is somebody on that roster right now that you just plug and play. And I think they're going to kind of sort through that group now um, during spring and kind of see who can kind of emerge from the wash there. And, you know, defensively, in terms of players, individual players, you hit on Hutmacher. Quentin Newsom was a name that came up um, from Eric Chenander. He talked a bit about how he looks the part of a Big Ten defensive back, but they went back through and watched a lot of what he did last year, and there were times where he just wasn't there making the play. Like, he was he was kind of there but didn't take that next step. So he's the one guy in that, that defensive back room right now that I think you can kind of count on. And, you know, that the, the depth position needs to kind of clear up in the secondary. They've got to figure out defensive line. But I think Quentin Newsom in that, that level back there is, is one guy that they feel pretty good about. And, and, you know, maybe taking that next step this spring from being just a guy that's trying to figure things out to being a, a, a real leader on the defense. Yeah, the the secondary is, is going to be really interesting because they're going to have basically three new starters. Uh, and who those guys are, we'll, we'll certainly find out. I mean, Travis Fisher, no stranger to cross-training and trying people in different positions. And that all leads to this. You were talking about the JoJo Doman position. Travis Fisher threw out a name of a guy who doesn't look like he would fit that profile at all physically, but Fisher was swearing up and down that if they had to put him in a similar kind of role, he could have success. And that was Marquise Buford, who he basically referred to as his hidden gem, which I think means he's no longer a hidden gem when you're outwardly talking about him. And and maybe as much as Fisher was gushing about him, certainly doesn't feel like he's going to be hidden in any way, shape or form for Nebraska on defense. Uh, should he stay healthy? And this is someone that Fisher was was saying that he's going to start at safety. He uh, He's going to have the opportunity there, but they could move him to nickel. They could move him to outside at corner. They they like the fact that he's someone that they think can basically do everything that they ask of him, whether it's to come in and run fill, whether it's to cover a tight end, whether it's to cover a running back, or whether it's to go cover the team's best wide receiver. They, they think the sky is kind of the limit for what Buford can be for them on defense, even to the point where they wouldn't be all that concerned if he played some sort of Rover type spot uh, and, and had to come up and, and defend against a run game against power running teams. So, and we're, you know, Marcus Buford's not a big guy. He's probably under six foot. I don't know that he's 200 pounds yet, but they just really love his willingness to, to get in there and mix it up. And so, Travis Fisher was was very high on him. He's excited about Deshaun Singleton, too. That was the guy that I went into yesterday wanting to know the most about from Travis Fisher and, and really kind of how he got on his radar. And, and basically, Fisher said that, I believe it was in November, he snuck away to, to one of Deshaun Singleton's games during a, a weekend and was just blown away by how big he was. And, and another guy that he basically thinks if they wanted him to be a corner, he could be a corner and they're going to play him at safety. I think he's going to get quite a bit of reps, quite a bit of opportunity. Uh, both Singleton and Buford could be playing opposite of, of Farmer, or one of them could even take Miles Farmer's spot. So there's kind of a, an intriguing mix of guys there at, at, at safety for sure. And, you know, uh, Travis Fisher kind of went out of his way to basically say that, you know, Quentin Newsom's probably the closest to having stuff locked down, but he feels like with the influx of players they brought in and some of the guys that were sitting back there, 
just because if you're Miles Farmer and you have experience or you're Noah Pola Gates and it should be your time to step up, he feels it's completely wide open in his room in a way that it hasn't been since he first arrived. Yeah, Eric Chenander was was talking about the secondary picture and just, you know, his list of priorities that you have to get done this spring. One was figuring out who could play in the secondary and where. And 1A was trying to figure out who the heck can play, uh, you know, kind of second team type guys for the defensive line where you lost so many guys. I mean, that that's the the challenge on that side of the ball. And I mean, it's, you know, we're talking about the offense a lot we have and, and rightfully so, but there's, there's a lot that needs to get figured out on defense. That's not scheme related. It's basically who can help you in the fall. And, um, Definitely, you know, it feels like they've got guys in the secondary that can play. It's just a matter of who plays where and with whom. And then, you know, to me, the defensive line is such a question mark because you've got these young guys that haven't really done anything um, and, and are going, going to need to have really big springs to get in the mix um, for, to replace what they lost last season. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's jump into a couple things kind of quickly here as we've only got a few minutes left. Were there any um, players that got up and spoke yesterday where you're either surprised that they were up there in front of the podium, um, or I guess you're technically behind the podium in front of the room, uh, or anything that was mentioned by any of the players that stood out for you? I believe Ramir Johnson, Nick Henrich, Garrett Nelson, Ty Robinson, uh, anybody else I'm forgetting that they came up and spoke yesterday. Uh, Vokalek was up there and, uh, he's, he's actually kind of dinged up this spring. So I guess that uh, surprised me a little bit because they don't always put injured guys up, but, uh, he's obviously a team leader. Um, I don't know. Nobody really surprised me to that question, but, uh, you know, Garrett Nelson already had a hoarse voice, which is uh, no shock to me. Um, you know, getting after guys and Matt drills and stuff like that. And, you know, he's going to be one of the the biggest team leaders or the guys they rally around on that defense. Um, I don't know. I, aside from that, uh, yeah, Ty Robinson was up there, too. And he's going to be a guy who's got to he's got to take the reins now. I mean, it's that time where I think those guys felt they were kind of leaders a year ago. But now you sort of have been around and have enough on your resume that you feel like you can totally let your voice out and be heard about everything. And so I expect that from Robinson and Garrett Nelson. And I know Eric Chenander does, too. He's mentioned those two guys specifically as players who have to take ownership 
And then middle linebackers, interesting with Luke Reimer sort of out for the spring, you're going to get some reps for guys like Malga Clements, uh, you know, Randolph Kapai could pop up. Uh, there's some young players that have sort of been off to the side of the stage that are going to get a chance to show they could be uh, at least second team guys and, and that could contribute this fall. We're going back to Garrett Nelson. Did he look like bigger to you guys? He, I don't know. He just looked massive yesterday. Is probably the largest I think he's ever been um, since he's been here in Nebraska. And I don't mean like that he's too big or anything. I just, he added even more mass over the, the off season. I don't know. I mean, he looks, he looks like a physical specimen. I, I still think there's breakout potential for Garrett Nelson who had 11 and a half tackles for loss last year and five sacks. I think he can improve on those numbers. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I think on defense, he's kind of the guy that feels like is in, in breakout territory. Um, I don't really know if there's anybody else that I would immediately point to that's kind of been playing for. I mean, maybe Caleb Tanner, just based on how the end of last season went for him. I mean, I, I guess like if you're looking for positions where you're you're going to be talking about a lot of different guys that you haven't before, I think it's probably outside linebacker, right? Because they they basically feel like Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson can help them right now too. That's four guys. You just had Phil Darius Payne go in the portal. I think you're going to have somebody come out of the portal uh, for Nebraska at that spot too. They obviously want some more help there, but that that position, you know, everybody always talks about wanting pass rushers and you know needing difference makers there. It seems like that th- this year there's potential for somebody to emerge in a very big way who's already on the roster, which hasn't really been the case at that spot the last few years. Absolutely. Uh, let's finish up with this because we're we're running low on time here. Brian Applewhite, what what were sort of the takeaways first opportunity he's had to meet with the Nebraska media? BC, I believe you were over there. Uh, what what did you take away from Brian Applewhite? And uh, what what should Nebraska fans think of the newest running backs coach? Uh, very enjoyable guy to be around. Um, don't expect to have it all figured out by April 9th, because he said, even if I did have a depth chart, if a guy who's third or fourth maybe that's what fires him up over the summer and um things change you know come the fall and we saw that last year um with Jacques Yant to a negative effect like Jacques Yant had a big uh spring and then you'll remember he kind of went his own way in the summer according to coaches and wasn't in the shape they wanted and uh then he had to fight his way back in the fall um so that summer part after spring ball will be huge. And obviously AJ Allen is incoming, but he said, uh, I think what Mark Whipple said is that he wants three or four running backs. Like they have to have three said that you trust and believe in. And he said, I'm not even going to call them ones, twos and threes. It's going to be one, a one B one C because they're all going to be playing. So that gives you an idea. I'm not saying there couldn't be a bell cow. That's definitely getting a little bit more, uh, but there's there's going to be multiple guys that he wants to use, and he says you just have to in this league and uh, knowing that guys get dinged up and all that, and we saw that last year. So uh, no surprise there, but uh, there's a story on the article. I won't do his quotes justice, but he, he says some – I mean, he kind of gets you fired up too. He talks about if a guy shows you he can do something right one time, it's my job as a coach to say you can do it all the time because you, you showed it to me once. That's the standard now. And so uh, I could see where he could be a very motivating coach 
and maybe has a few different thoughts on technique and footwork that uh, the previous coaches didn't have. So that's, that's something to watch. All right. Any closing thoughts for you, Brunt? No, it's uh spring football's here. I'm uh, I think you asked me what, what, I, where I'm at on one to 10 on the excitement meter. I still think I'm at about a seven and a half. All right. I think Brunt, that's, fired uh, up that's, that's where I'm holding. What about you, BC? Any closing thoughts? No, I'm, I'm sorry that I, uh, my, wasn't heard the whole time there. I'm probably, I'm probably a seven, a seven and a half too. I'll just copy Brunt's paper. We'll stay there and we'll see if we can keep it there that keep that energy up the rest of the spring. All right. We might as well change your name to Husker 24, seven and a half because we're all looking forward to spring football. You like that? That's good. Good, you're, you're good job. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, everyone be sure to check out coverage at Husker 24, seven. We will have another podcast this week, right? Brunt this isn't our only one. We got to talk yeah. about baseball and basketball. Won a game. We can't just ignore them, even though I tried to for much of the winter. They deserve their moment in the sun. So we'll get to those things. There's going to be more conversation about spring football. So we'll have this uh, coming up later in the week as well. And as always, there's plenty of coverage. We have a lot of audio to go through, a lot of stories to tell, uh, and, and a lot of things that came out of yesterday. And all of that was not covered here today. But be sure to check out Husker 24 7. We'll have all the coverage up there. There is actually a junior day. On Saturday, just going to throw in a plug for that. We'll have some more news throughout the week as Nebraska finalizes its list of who will be on campus this weekend as they continue to try to grow momentum in the 2023 class, which is currently top 15 in the country. And I will never tire of saying that because I don't know that it's going to last. But you get to say it now, and that's what counts. All right. Uh, for Michael Brunts, for Brian Christopherson, I'm Mike Shaver. This is the Husker 24-7 Podcast. We'll catch you next time.